One of life's greatest questions is what happens to us after we die. Is death the end or a new beginning? Welcome to the Round Trip Death Podcast. In this show, we listen to firsthand accounts of people who have been clinically dead and return to talk about it. On this show, we're going to try something just a little bit different. Normally, we're talking to people who have had a round trip death experience. Today, we're going to talk to Angela, someone who has not had that experience. What she's had instead is vivid memories of her pre-birth experience. I want to welcome you to the podcast, and you have such an interesting story. We did a brief pre-interview, and I'm going to let you just start off where you'd like to. Where would you like to start your story? Um, I'd like to start out in my previous life. I remember being a woman and I was married. My husband at the time was, I had just found out he was cheating on me and that upset me tremendously. He wanted a divorce. I did not. I was really arguing with him and begging him to leave the other woman and to make this relationship work. I was extremely upset. Um, I felt betrayed. And at the time, I think I was questioning whether God was real or not. And I wasn't religious. I had money. Uh, I remember seeing palm trees. So I'm not sure if I was in California or, or uh, Florida. I definitely was in the United States. And I don't really remember my name. I just know that I was a woman getting uh, into trouble with my husband. I'm just curious how... Let's back up just a hair and tell me, how do you, how do you remember this? How do you know about this previous life? Um, because it, it all coincided with my entire pre-birth. I, it just kind of went from, it, it's like how I woke up this morning. I know I woke up, I got out of bed. It, it's like, it all just happened at the same way. Um, even my pre-birth the whole thing is associated with that previous life because there's parts of my pre-birth that I remember regarding my previous life. So it's interconnected even to this life, um, which I do explain. It's so long and hard to understand. So I just remember these things. I remember getting into a car crash and I remember going to a place where there were clouds uh, surrounding the bottom and the top. And it seemed endless. And I just knew, oh my gosh, I'm dead. I need to get back into my body. I know they can do this. I've heard of this before. It's something that people have gone through and they can send me back. And I just was determined to get back. And as I'm in there, I'm, I'm looking around for anybody that I can talk to. Two beings approached me. And they recognized me and they were so happy to see me. And, and I was just like, I know you, but I don't know you, but how do I know you? And I, at this point, I don't realize, but everyone can talk telepathically, but I'm still talking with my mouth. I have hands because I see them and I don't really look at my feet. I just know that when I'm moving, I, I move when I want to, I go where I want to go. I don't really have to walk there. Um, so I must be gliding or my mind takes me there. Um, anyway, these people approached me. It was a man and a woman. And when I first saw them, they were light bodies, complete light bodies. 
no definition. Then they manifested into what they had worn at a different time period must be when they were alive. I still did not recognize them from this life. I was like, I know you, but I don't know how I know you. Anyway, I, uh, how do I get back to my body? You know, I was just so adamant, like, get me back to my body. And they were actually surprised that I wanted to go back. Um, they were both like, okay, uh, you just talked to that guide over there. And I was like, really? And, and they said, yeah. And so I, wa- I like gl- walked or glided, I don't know how else to say it, to that guide. And he had a clipboard. And I'm looking around for Earth because I figure if I could fly there, I might be able to just jump back in my body. But I'm somewhere and I don't know where I'm at. So anyway, this guide is looking at a clipboard. And I said, hey, can I get back to my body? And he said, you're from Earth, right? And I was like, what? And I, I just didn't, I didn't even want to ask because I was like, if I ask, he might tell me I need to go to a different planet or whatever. I'm like, of course, you know. <laughs> um, and so he looked through his notes, like some kind of clipboard. I don't know if it was an active thing. I don't know if it was people currently on earth or what it was, but he said, I'm sorry, that body, or he said that life is no more. And I, I said, no, 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 you can send me back. And, and I started getting, uh, full of anxiety and worry. I just wanted to get back. And then I floated over towards some other guides and I said, please send me back, please send me back. And they were trying to calm me down and it wasn't happening. And so they looked at each other and said, we got to get them. And, and they said, yeah. And I was like, who are they getting? And right behind them, something opened up. It was like a space that just happened to open up and an orb walked through and behind it. So I'm looking at this room and it looks like an auditorium with souls inside and a beautiful, wonderful light. And it felt holy. And I felt like I can't go in there. And I think that's the throne room of God. I don't know because at this point I'm still not religious. My main concern is getting back to my body. As the light approached, it uh, became a man and the void or that, that, that room he was in closed up. So now we're just back into the space and he's here in front of me as if nothing happened, but he appeared. And when he appeared, I was like, wow, he has authority. And I, I knew that if he said I could go back to my body, it would be done. And when he approached me, I was like, you don't look like Jesus, but you feel like Jesus. And I don't know you, but you have to be Jesus. Like I'm having all these thoughts in my head thinking I'm thinking quietly to myself, but they can hear everything I'm saying. And he said, there are no tears in heaven. And when he said that, cause I was crying, I wanted to get back to my body. When he said that it was like a wave of vibration came over me. And I knew that I was in peace. I was in a place of peace and I actually felt it. And so the the energy of the pain flowed away from me and I could actually concentrate on what was happening. I felt like I could handle whatever he had to say. And I said, you're Jesus. I know you. And, and he said, and we don't talk like that here. We talk like this. And he spoke through my mind and I was like, and I, I felt bad because I knew that he heard everything I was saying and I was so embarrassed and I knew I had to monitor my thoughts from then on. And 
I said, your eyes, I, I will never forget his eyes. To me, they were blue. I've heard of other people saying they were brown, uh, but the, the eyes that I remember of Jesus were blue. He, uh, he had all authority. I knew anything he said goes, and he had a lot of love in his eyes. And I said, what about that life? And he said, that life is no more. And I said, what about the husband? And he said, he will continue to cheat. He will marry that woman and cheat on her too. That's, there's nothing more that for that life for you. Like he was basically telling me to leave it alone. And at that moment I said, okay, no problem. I realize I'm here. I'm done. And he said, I need to show you something. And I said, okay. Now at this point, I'm a little bit nervous. What if, what if he's going to send me to hell or because I didn't follow him in my life? I just did my own thing. I was selfish. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to say, and I'm sorry for backing up a little bit. I, I know that he had white robes um, and I did see his marks. And I, I knew that he had died for us. And I just didn't, re- I still don't really know how all that plays in our lives or anything. I just know that he, he is all authority and love. Um, and that's also why I was nervous. What did the marks look like on him? Like sores, like they didn't quite heal or scars or something. And I, so I knew that he actually had done what the Bible said he had done because I saw it for myself. And I, I knew that was him, but I knew it was him when I just looked at him because he, he radiates a vibration. You just know who he is. You don't have to question it. Well, I was kind of questioning it at first, but it, every time I came around to the idea, is this Jesus? The answer would be yes. Are you sure? Yes. You know, in my, my own mind. So he didn't need to say it. You knew it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. He did not tell me his name. I just, I said, you're Jesus. You're really him. And you really died for us. Oh my gosh. And that's when he was like, and we don't talk like this here. And I was like, oh, he heard me. Everything I said, he heard me. <laughs> so. So was there any reaction to that besides no. we don't talk like that, but that, that you were amazed that you knew who it was and you're really him. Did he smile, laugh, or just kind of. He's going? so serious. He, he kind of, he, I think he gets it all the time from people, their amazement or anything. He, he just, he was kind of like, okay, now we got it. We got things to do here. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like a reunion, like, oh, yeah, I'm Jesus or anything. He was, to me, he was very short and to the point. Everything he spoke, few words, uh, and you knew what he was saying. He didn't have to elaborate one bit. But I, I remember he had asked me, he said, I need to show you something. And he, he was going to his right. And there was a guide near him preparing something. So I'm thinking, okay, that life is over. I'm stuck here. I better follow along with what Jesus says. And so I'm like, sure. So then they put something up and it looked like a screen. And so I'm like, what's this? And all of a sudden my eyes connected to the screen and I, I realized it was my life review. And I was like, oh, my life, wait a minute. Jesus is right next to me. And so is this guide and they're gonna see everything. I was embarrassed. I was nervous, but at the same time you couldn't help it. And it was like, I want to see, but I'm 
well, are they going to judge me? It just didn't feel like they were really going to judge me, but they were going to watch it with me. And I, I saw every moment. Um, it did count back. And I don't know if it was because it was what I was expecting or it is something that they always do, but it counted back. Um, and I remember two, one, and then it was my life from when I was baby. And I, I remember that. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I remember seeing the baby parts and all that. So fast forward a little bit. We, during the review, he paused it every once in a while from my eyes. Every moment of my life was recorded and observed. And so he occasionally took me out of that. And we talked about it in those moments. We did rewind after watching the whole thing. He said, I need to show you a couple more things. I was able to then observe from other people's perspectives in my life. The moments that were highlighted the most were the little moments where I did something nice for somebody else, kind of unexpected. The um, two things I remember the most. I was on a playground. I was a little girl. I don't know what time frame this is, but I'm wearing a dress. I'm sitting near a tree with other girls and I'm mad because all the boys are running around on the playground playing with balls. And I said, I want to play. It's not fair that they get to play and I don't. And I think in the time frame, girls just sat and wore their dresses and looked pretty while boys got to play. And that really irritated me. But a boy came up to me and and all my friends were like, he's going to ask you out. And I was like, be quiet. Like, oh, I don't want him to. I was so nervous. And like, I, I don't want him to ask me out, but he called me over. And so I was like, so I got up and I'm like, at least I'm on the playground. <laughs> and he asked me out and I said, sorry, no, sorry. And I started laughing and I turned around and then I saw it from his perspective, me calling myself up and being so nervous. What if she rejects me? I like her so much. And, and I I felt how he felt when I left and walked away. And I didn't even mean to be mean like that, but how he felt was almost hatred developed for me, uh, resentment. And when he walked away, he thought about me for hours and was just, she rejected me in front of everybody and just all this anger. And then anytime he asked another girl out, he thought of me. Oh, just like she did. I wonder if she told people this or like it just kept going and going until he opened up a Bible and was reading it. And I was like, yes, forgive me. Um, he was reading it and he he thought of me and he looked up from the, the book and he said, I forgive you. And when he did that, I separated from that screen and I was like, oh, my gosh, what would have happened if he didn't forgive me? Now, that part is a little bit vague in my memory. But I do think that I may have either had to have some kind of interaction with him in this life or another life to even out that karma because he wouldn't forgive me. He did in that moment that was over with. I don't think he is in this life of mine, but it was just a small thing. I mean, I was on the playground and he asked me out in front of my friends and instead of treating him with respect, I was belittling him a little bit by laughing and saying no, you know, so I think that we got to really treat people with respect. So what do you think was the purpose of this life review? What, what were you supposed to get from it? The fact that how we, how we make other people feel. Um, 
we think we're just doing things for ourselves and experiencing this life and don't have to feel what we do to other people, but we absolutely do. Everything that you do um, affects somebody. And when we leave this place, we will go and review that and review those moments. And if you made that person feel good, you'll feel good. And if you made that person feel bad, you'll feel bad. That's my experience. The other person I remembered was a girl. She was my friend. She had curly hair, short curly hair. And I remembered doing something that offended her in some way, whether I canceled on her or something. It was a little minor thing. I really meant nothing by it. And she was so upset. She And I said, I'm not, I didn't even mean anything by that. I didn't mean to make her feel that way. Why is she going on like that? She talked to person to person and I heard their conversations about me and seen the ripple effect as some people call it, but I didn't know what it was up there. Um, it's just what I understand now is the ripple effect. So I hurt her. She's complaining about me to other people and how that affected them. I didn't really follow into their lives too much, just hers. And within a few days, we she forgave me because I explained, hey, I'm sorry. And so we became friends again. Um, so that was a smaller interaction. I think it was because she was easily able to forgive me. She didn't have much hatred for me. She just complained. But I heard all the gossiping that was taking place. And I couldn't defend myself. Um, That's really interesting. I'm trying to get a, a little more feel. The life review is something that you hear a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've always wondered, is this something where, you know, and you said Jesus and this guide were there with you. Did mm-hmm. you feel like they were judging you in, in a harsh way or like the review is just for you to learn from and that's it? I think it was mostly for me to learn for, from because I didn't feel their, their thoughts on me at all while I'm observing this. I felt what, what I was seeing, how I felt. I also saw how the other person was uh, seeing it and feeling about me. So it was mostly like, oh, wow, you know, me comprehending everything that was going on in my own life. I almost didn't even remember they were next to me sometimes because I was just so immersed in the life. Now, these memories, are these something you've had your whole life or did they just come to you at some point? Uh, They, well, when I was younger, I had them. They faded out so I could live this life. And as I grew older, they came back with a vengeance, I guess, um, in my 20s. Now, I do remember being born like my whole life, but parts of my pre-birth were kind of taken from me and given back. That's the only way I can describe it. Let's go ahead and move on to that next chapter. Sure. So at the end of that life review, Jesus asked me, what do you think of that life? And I said, well, I had a good heart. Um, I tried, you know, but then I, I felt it and I was like, I, but I could do better. I know I could do better. Like I couldn't BS Jesus, you know, I, he knew what, what was, I knew what I had to say. And he said, okay. And then he said, I need to show you something else. And I'm thinking, sure, because I don't want to go to hell. My life review is over. I don't know what's happening next. So sure. Show me, show me what you need. (laughs) And so he took me to a different area, just in the same area. I don't know how else to describe it, maybe a few feet away. And I saw another um, TV screen. 
And he said, I need you to review this life. And I said, sure. So once again, I start watching it. This time I have no association with this person. I'm just observing like I'm watching a movie. No association whatsoever. I start watching. Um, apparently it's a girl and or a woman. Uh, she's going through school. Everything's normal. Then she starts dating guys. They get a little chaotic. Then she's really into this one guy. I'm still observing at a faraway length here. Not emotionally tied, but feeling her emotions, but not really encompassing them. Not They're not mine yet. And as she's um, going through everything, I'm seeing how uh, her life is progressing and it's getting out of hand. This She's with this guy. She starts having kids with him, poverty involved, nothing going anywhere. And I'm starting to feel like, hey, what, what are you doing? You know, you need to leave this guy. And then I started understanding, well, I, I see why she cares for him because she loves him. But geez, I'm not even attracted to this guy. Uh, why is she going on about him, you know? And then I'm as I'm feeling this, like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? I'm starting to feel more connected to her. I saw, I saw how the guy kept cheating on her, which rem reminded me then of my life that I had just left. So I don't know if that connection made me get pulled into this or if I just felt for her emotionally. Like, I, I feel sorry for this woman. She's getting cheated on. I can relate. And I just started feeling it. And I was crying in this. And it felt like it was real. Like it was me. And I kept saying, why are you with him? Leave. Just, just go. And this is horrible. And you could do better. And I just kept saying this to this woman, hoping she could hear me. Eventually, my emotions were so high. I was actually crying. I was upset. And Jesus separated me from it. And I was like, thank God you guys separated me from it because I thought that was me for a second. And two of the guides were like this. They, they felt bad. And I said, did I say something wrong? And Jesus said, what did you think of that life? And I said, well, to be honest, I mean, she went through school. Uh, there was some poverty and, you know, she tried her best. She, but she kept going back to that guy. And to be honest, she was stupid. And he said, that's you. And I panicked when he told me that I absolutely panicked. I didn't want anything to do with it. I, I'm like, how is that even me? That's just not me. Like I literally wanted to run away. And I think I even was trying to run away <laughs> because I just didn't want anything to do with it. I, I wasn't attracted to the man. I wanted nothing to do. Like to me, that life was like, what are you talking about? It can possibly be, I wouldn't do those things. Um, I even, I said, uh, before he even told it with me that it was me, I, I said, well, I wouldn't do what she did. She stayed too long. So to be honest, she was stupid, but here I judged her and clearly it was me. Um, the way he calmed me down was he said, you'll like the mother. And I said, I will. And I was like, what do you mean? And, and he said, would you like to see? And I said, yes. 
and he came toward me and passed me. And then I'm looking and all of a sudden earth is right behind me. And I was like, Oh, it's there the whole time. Oh my goodness. Like I just, I've been looking for earth and there it was. And so while we're standing there, um, I'm looking at Jesus, like, how do we do this? He said, are you ready? And I said, yes. And then all of a sudden we started flying toward the earth. Now the sun was either behind us or we were in the sun. I don't know because the earth, it was, it was sunny. It was daytime. And I saw it was round. It was a globe. Africa uh, was lit up. So that's the side of the earth we were facing at the time. We're flying in super fast. It was so fun. I will never forget it. And um, as we approached, it was like we went through a couple layers of something that seemed like almost kind of rainbow or something. And all of a sudden the colors on the earth were duller. So it was like going through a camera filter or something, not black and white, but you could tell the colors were duller from where we came from. And we're just zooming in and first it's like the land and then it's getting bigger. And then I'm seeing formations and trees. And then all of a sudden I see a group of people jumping up and down and they were going like this. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're conjuring because behind them were white spirits and behind them were black shadow figure looking people. Now, I didn't get to feel any vibrations off of any of those people. I did not know who they were or anything like that. It wasn't an instantaneous understanding of who they may be. I just knew they were conjuring. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm with Jesus. And they're conjuring. Um, he's probably going to stop this whole thing and tell them to stop conjuring. And he, I looked at him, and I was like, are you going to do anything? And he literally just went like this, like, come on. And so I was like, oh. So then I continued to fly with him. And I was like, why didn't he do anything? Is, is me getting on the planet more important than him interrupting these people? Or does he not care? I'm just so confused. I'm thinking these thoughts while simultaneously flying through the air, seeing we're, we're like just above the tree line. So we're, we're flying over and we must've gone toward Asia because when we approached the planet, we went to the right. And uh, I'm noticing the sun setting and everything. It was so awesome. It all happened so quickly. But I remember going over the lands, over the ocean, faster, 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 through the United States so fast that I didn't even, I'm like, we must be in the U.S. And all of a sudden, bam, Mishawaka, Indiana. How can you be on the coast of California and then instantaneously be in Mishawaka? It was like so fast. It was awesome. And we stopped. And we're in the middle of the street. And I am facing, I'm like on the east side, he's on the west side, and I'm looking around and I'm like, where's a human being? It's nighttime. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Um, and I said, where's the mother? And Jesus said, inside. The house was on his left and it was on my right hand side. And I said, I'm thinking, why aren't we inside the house then? But, and I said, well, can I see? And he said, yes, just approach. And so then I was like, oh. So then I start approaching the house and instantaneously I'm in the kitchen. I was like, what? I didn't even have to go through any walls. Like I didn't go through the living room or anything. The house, the way it's set up to give an idea is there's a front porch, 
then a living room, then a kitchen. I literally approached the house a little bit, didn't even get into the grass of the house, like the yard. I was already in the kitchen. And I was like, wow, saw my mom doing dishes. And I was like, oh, okay, the mother. And I'm looking at her, like trying to see her face. And I said, okay, well, then I, I felt like she's stressed out. She must be upset about something. And then I, I felt that, um, I said, but she has a good heart. And I'm trying to observe her when all of a sudden I hear kind of yelling or commotion going on. And I look and I see a couple people coming out, but I don't even get to look at them fast enough. And I'm pushed out of the house. I'm outside on the street again with Jesus. And I said, what was that? You know, I'm trying to observe the mother. And he said, that's just normal family life sometimes. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm not sure at this point, I'm forgetting my previous life very much. I don't even remember it hardly at this point. Like, because I'm so concentrated on where I'm at, like the earth, maybe being in the void or um, sorry, in the atmosphere of the earth, maybe being on the earth makes you forget things because I was literally just, okay, I know Jesus is here. I know the mother's there. And that's basically all I know at this point. I hear something like tires uh, on gravel. And I'm like, what's that? And I turn around, there's a car coming. And I was like, oh, so I move out of the way and the car passes right by me and goes right through Jesus. And I was like, he doesn't even care. They don't even see him. This is amazing. And, and then he said, are you ready to go back? And I was like, yeah. And I'm thinking we get to fly. This is so cool. And we were right back where we were from where we started. I didn't get to fly anymore. And I was so disappointed with that because that was just the, the most fun part of the whole thing. He said, uh, your name will change. I said, okay. So then I saw my old name above me in a hologram. It pixelated out and my new name came up there. I said, okay. And then I, I said, well, what will I be like? He said, your personality will be similar. And he raised his hand like this over me and pointed that way above me to my left. And it was to his right. And he said, you'll be born under the sign of Aries. And I looked up and I was like, Aries? And then I saw in the stars, the constellation, I said, oh, and it was like a light beam came to me and it was an instant download understanding of what Aries is. And I said, I know Aries, I was an Aries before. So it was like, I had a similar personality. And he said, well, I said, what's the point of that life? Because at this point, I'm still not really buying it. Why do I have to go? And, and he said, to learn to love and to learn how to love. And I said, that's it? He said, yes. And I said, why do I have to do it? And he said, I need you to. You're the only one that can do it. And I was like, hmm. And I said, all right. And he said, I need you to tell people that I am love. I'm very misunderstood. And I said, I know you are. And you know, I'll tell everybody. You know, I'll tell everybody. And it was just an understanding, like, I love you, Jesus, and I just want people to understand you better, and that we judge ourselves, things aren't as scary um, on the other side as we think they are. And I saw myself outside smoking, 
with another girl. And he said, if you continue to do these things, you will be off the path and you'll have to do it all over again. I said, Ooh, you don't, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to come back and do this again. That would be horrible. And in this life, I had been smoking with my friend and I saw it. It was like a deja vu. And I was like, Oh, I got to stop. I, I, I got to go home. And I did. I was like, I'm done. I do not want to have to come back here and redo this or do anything like that. And so I remembered the warning and I said, thank you. Thank you for that warning. Cause you knew I would remember it. And I didn't want to have to redo this life or go down the wrong path completely. So I was very appreciative. And he said, um, I said, how long will it last? He said about 30, about 30 years. And I said, 30, I know 30. And I, it was like, I saw three sets of 10 in my mind. So in this life, I always thought I would die at the age of 30. But I think what he was talking about was the relationship that was devastational in, in that whole uh, life preview that I had. Because when I turned 30 years old, that relationship was over. I have so many questions because okay. we've gone a long ways here. Yeah. And I'm not sure where to start. You mentioned that Jesus said, tell everybody I am love. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. He said that people confuse him or he's misrepresented it or yeah, misrepresented. He, I think that he thinks people fear him on earth and he doesn't want to be feared. And I said, I will tell everybody because I know he has power. He has authority, but he's not like somebody who clearly he's not judging. He saw everything I did and he didn't tell me I did bad. I told myself I could do better. I told him I could do better. Um, when he showed me the drugs, the weed that I had smoked, he didn't tell me now you're not supposed to be doing that. He just didn't say anything about it. He didn't judge me. And I judged myself like I don't think that he wants people to fear him. I think he wants a relationship with people. And so he, people are confused by him. And so they kind of stay away from him and he doesn't want that. It hurts him. A couple other things. Sure. How do you know this wasn't just a dream? If so, I mean, some, some people are probably hearing this or going, she went to sleep one night, she woke up, she remembered, you know, this was her dream. How do you know this um, is real? Because the, remember the girl that I saw who was with somebody who kept cheating on her and everything that actually happened in this life with the father of my three children. And the things that happened up there correlated entirely with what's going on in my current life. I am an Aries. Um, I also remember being born, which I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, I have done research on near-death experiences and pre-birth experiences because I needed validation. I went to the church and they told me that this memory is demonic. And so it, fr it frightened me. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And I kept praying, God, if this is not real, take it away from me. I don't want to remember it. And I remember it so well. I, and I feel compulsively like I need to talk about it. I need to tell people. I want people to know and understand. So... I, it's not a dream. I I understand completely. Yeah. You, yeah. you mentioned that um, something about how you didn't want to have to replay this again. 
do you feel like the reason that th this is sort of your second time around, right? Do you feel like if you get it right this time, then you won't need to do this again? Like this is going to be it. And then what? I hope so. Which remind, I'm so glad you asked me that. Yes. I think that if I do it right, I can either stay up there like I wanted in the first place, or I at least will have a better life having to come back. I'm not sure yet. And that's why I'm doing my absolute best to make sure I get to where I want to go. <laughs> um, while we were in the middle of doing all this stuff with the review of Lorelei, my life review and things like that, there was a man that came up behind me, like he came from earth, where earth was, passed right past us and went into this open void where there were flowers. And I said, oh, that's heaven in there. And I, I wanted to go in there and it closed up behind him like nothing happened. I said, how come he got to go? How come I can't stay? Can I stay? And Jesus said, you won't like it. And I was like, I better not stay then. I don't even want to ask because I, I feel like if you ask Jesus to show you, you get shown. And I didn't want to see what I wouldn't like. Uh, he knows me. He knows me well enough to know that I wouldn't like staying there in whatever form, way, or whatever. I don't know. So he did tell me I will like this life, in which now I do. But before I turned 30, I hated it. I was depressed all the time, cried every day, just like I did while I was watching the life, the same emotions, same thoughts. And I was dual-minded too. I should stay with him because I have children. Why am I staying? Why am I not leaving? It was like, I'm wondering if my thoughts from while I observed the life were coming to me while I was living it. Because there were many times where I'm like, why am I even here? Why am I with him? You know, and it felt true. Like, why? But then I'm like, well, I'm afraid to leave. You know, I'm a creature. Humans can be creatures of habit. <laughs> so I think that's why I stayed. But um, I remember being told technology will increase while you're on earth. I said, it will. And he said, yes. And they handed me a cell phone as weird as that sounds. And it was like, it was like this kind of phone now where there's no, nothing on the phone itself, no buttons or anything. And I was scrolling up and I was like, wow, that's so cool. How do you do that? I mean, I, I was just like, this is amazing because I said, I don't want to go back to earth. If I can't communicate with you guys, if I can't be in touch, he said, people around the globe will be telling their stories. And, and then that's when he, um, where Aries was, just underneath that, he showed a hologram of the world. It was not the real world. It was a hologram. And somebody quoted it like the holodeck in Star Trek, I believe, where they can just create things. It seemed like that in this area that I was at. So he created this hologram of the world. And everyone told their individual stories and it just made a light, another light, another light. And lights were lighting up all over the planet and it was becoming like a sheet. And he said, there will be technology that will be able to help connect people around the world. Now he just, when he says stuff, he's just to the point, doesn't go on about it, doesn't explain anything. And you kind of understand anyway, you don't need an elaborate explanation. And I was like, okay. So I kind of feel like people who are telling their near-death experiences and pre-birth experiences and, and uh, spiritual transformative experiences are coming out and connecting and helping raise the vibration of the planet because it did look white. It, it helped to bring love across the planet. 
That's what I saw. Okay. So you mentioned something about your birth experience. Let's go there. Okay. Well, there's a little bit more and then I jumped through the wormhole. So. All right, um, go for it. Okay. So I said, well, what will I look like? And that's when they showed me this dresser that had marble top and a beautiful mirror. And I'm looking at it and I was like, oh, I look the same almost. And so I'm seeing my face dead on. But then I turn and I'm like, wait a minute. No, I don't. My nose is longer and my chin is longer. And then I was like, can you make me look better? But then I was like, no, I better not ask that because I know what people look like on earth and I just better not ask, you know, (laughs) it was, it was a real thing that I was thinking, but I was like, I better not ask. But, um, I literally said, well, I'll grow my hair long and I'll wear makeup. And I also thought men have it so much easier than women. We have a lot of pain to go through. Now I was on the other side and I thought that way. So it must be true. (laughs) I'm just saying, but I, I just knew that I would have rather have been a man, but for whatever reason, I had to be a woman. And I also feel like we are, we look how we look uh, for the influence. Um, but my soul had kind of a hologram mask on, if that makes sense. So when I was looking at my soul, I could see my soul, but I could see the overform of my facial features on top of it. So when I looked around, I could see that hologram mask on in this mirror. And they said, now there's an, there's another thing. You'll forget all of this. And I looked in the mirror and I said, remember, remember this. And then I said, you've got to remember this. Like, I just remembered thinking I have to have to bring this with me because I probably wouldn't survive if I didn't. And, uh, there was another part too, where I actually saw my children. Um, we agreed we'll come here. I talked to Kirsten. I said, you're definitely coming. But if I don't change my path, you guys are coming too. And I was talking to my younger children. Um, Kirsten actually stood away and she was like, okay. Like she agreed. She knew she had to do it. And that's totally her personality now. And the other two were like, mom, mom, you're our mom. And I was like, yes. And I was kind of annoyed, like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I'm doing this. (laughs) And so I said, I'll see you later. And I made the agreement that I'd come and I, I said, okay, I'll see you later. And Jesus went off. He, he went to do his own thing somewhere else. He turned around. The other people were kind of waving bye to me. And I said, bye. And then I, I started, he said, you just, or they said, you just go that way. And it was like a platform. It was skinny, lit up. And I was like, okay. So then I started heading that way. And I went to turn around and say, wish me luck. And when I turned around, it was nothing, a complete void it scared me. Like everything I was just inside is now completely gone, completely gone. And I literally went like, I better, I better move forward. I felt so alone at that moment. I'm completely alone and I can get through this. I just need to stay on the path. I move forward. There's a guide at the end of the path and I'm noticing the earth below. And I'm also noticing this blue wormhole um, swirling around and it's like a cyan color. My kids are fans of cyan. I don't know why, but that's the best way I can describe it. It's got little tiny rainbows in it. It's constantly moving. It felt consciousness. Like, you know, that it's aware of you. I don't know how else to say it. So 
I'm approaching the being at the end of the, the pier and there's the wormhole below. And so I don't really remember the conversation I had with the guide other than I just jump in there and they said, yes. And I said, will I make it? Because it was away from the pier. Like the, the, the pier was here and there was a bit of a drop and then the wormhole. So you had to kind of jump it. You, if you just went straight down, you would miss it. So that was scary too. And sounds I literally, like what we would, sounds like what we would call a leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah. And I literally was thinking, if I don't make this, do I just float around in space? And I was like, no, I'll make it just stop. You know, <laughs> I, I have random thoughts sometimes and I still do, but, um, I remember the guide saying that they will come in after me. And I said, okay, I'll see you soon. And so then I, I said, I'm going and I jumped in and as I'm jumping, I'm falling, but I figured it would be like a vacuum anyway. So I did make it. And as I'm getting in, I'm like, wow, this is kind of bigger than I thought it was. And so I'm getting in the middle and I don't know if it, um, you've ever seen like a water park, how it's like a big funnel and you go down and then all of a sudden you're in a small tube is exactly like that. I wasn't spinning around or anything. I just jumped in. And as it's coming closer to me, I'm, I'm getting like, oh man, this is getting smaller and I'm getting closer and closer to myself, kind of becoming a fetal position anyway, because I'm a little bit afraid. I'm still, I'm like, I said, I'm on a mission. I got to remember I'm on a mission. And then all of a sudden I started feeling tired. I'm like, I'm on a mission. I'm just going to, I'm going to rest now. I may as well. And so I fell asleep. And then I woke up inside my mom. I, I said, oh, I made it. Now, I don't know that I was breathing or anything. It must have been, you know, just me thinking these thoughts like I made it. And I literally said, I made it. I made it. And I looked and I had full control of my body at this time. And I counted my thing. I opened and closed my hands and I said, I really made it. He was right. Jesus was right. You know, and I said, OK, make sure one, two, three. I counted my fingers to make sure I had no deformities. And then I looked for my feet and I said, oh, no, I can't see my feet. I can't see him. I can see my knees though. I couldn't see quite past my calves. I don't know if my eyes were not functioning well enough at that time. I have like 20, 20 vision now. So I wiggled my feet and I'm like, okay, two feet. And then I wiggled my toes and I said, okay. And I don't remember Jesus telling me I have deformities. So I must be normal, but I made it. I made it. So I'm thinking, and I had enough room that I could stretch out my body inside the womb. So I don't know how small I was small but I, I had thoughts. I was completely aware as if I'm talking to you now. I remembered everything and I knew that I was on a mission and I kept falling asleep. And every time I'd wake up, I was like even more crammed in there. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting bigger. Oh, I'm so tired. It's so heavy. And I just, I kept, and that was another thing. As I was falling through the blue wormhole, I was getting heavier and more dense and just tired. So I've, I've heard of near-death experiences um, talking about the heaviness of the body and stuff, and I can relate to that. Um, and I must have shrank too, I don't know, because obviously I was a normal-sized human being while I was up there, and now I'm in a baby. And um, so I remember being prodded and stuff, and I'm like, I'm tired, leave me alone, I'm, I'm on a mission. I just kept saying that over and over, I'm on a mission. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, I'm being born. And 
so then they, they got my head out and I'm like trying to see, but it's so bright and I can't see because of the lights. And then all of a sudden they put drops in my eyes and now I'm like, oh, now I really can't see. Great. You know, and I, and it was worrying me like, what if they blinded me or something? And now I'm really starting to panic. And then they put something in my throat to try and like get out the amniotic fluid. And that gagged me. And I'm like, oh my God, this is nothing like I thought it'd be. I'm aware and awake and I'm a human being. And when they finally get me out, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's freezing cold. I thought I, and I, I didn't want to go. I, I was like, no, let me stay. Let me stay. I remember not wanting to come out because of how cold it was. And they put me on some kind of flat metal surface. I mean, they had me wrapped in a blanket, but it wasn't enough. I was screaming. My mom said I was the loudest baby. The whole hospital heard me, she said. And I said, yes, I know, because I was mad. <laughs> and um, I remember thinking, you guys got to get me a blanket. You got to warm me up. I'm freezing here. I don't know where I'm at or what I'm doing. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I have no control of my hands anymore. When I went into the womb, I could open and close my hands, count my fingers, move them just like this, no problem. And I even moved, I crossed my feet and I was swinging them in the womb. You know, I, I was free to do what I wanted. Now I have absolutely no control. And that panicked me too. I said, this is nothing like you said it'd be Jesus. I was kind of mad because, but what could you do? I have to be a baby to be a human being on the planet. I can't just miraculously appear. But anyway, um, they handed me over to my mom and I was like, is this the lady? I don't know. I don't remember her looking like that. And then she spoke and I was like, oh, it is the lady. It is my mom. I remember and then I just think, oh my gosh, now that I'm warmer, I'm hungry, I'm starving. And then she ended up having to breastfeed me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. Uh, like I knew because I'm, a, I'm aware and I didn't want to do it, but I was so hungry. And I'm like, they're not going to, they're not going to know that I know what I'm doing. So I may as well eat. So I did, but it was so embarrassing, but yeah, that's what I remember. <laughs> And my mom did tell me I breastfed and I was the loudest baby. So like the things that I remember were validated. So. That's funny. You were so embarrassed. I was. You mentioned in our pre-interview, you feel like you have kind of a mission, like there's something that you need to do. What it, What is that and why? I think it's to tell my story because I remember telling Jesus, you know, I'll tell everybody, you know, I will. And, and I kind of felt like he needed me. He said, you're the only one that can do it. I need you to. That's what he said. And I feel like my kind of personality is determined to get something done like an Aries. And I want to share my story. Um, I'm built for this. I don't mind repeating it a thousand times or answering a thousand questions. If it's helping people, if it's um, doing what the holographic earth did, uh, transferring love around. I, I want people to understand uh, Jesus is not what we think he is in the Bible. He's, he's kind of, he just wants a relationship with us in my opinion. How else would you describe that and, and how you felt about him and around him? I just knew that what he said goes, it didn't matter what he said. Uh, it, it happens. Like how he said, there are no tears in heaven. When he said that to me, I was at my wits end crying that life was over. I was distraught as ever. 
I did not want to die. I wanted to go back to earth. And when he said, there are no tears in heaven. When he said it, it was like it ended. The tears stopped. It was like, it was like a, a teacher scolding a child. Um, you know, that's enough. And all of a sudden the kid's like, what? You, you just know. Uh, when he says something, it goes. But I did notice he needed my permission for things because he said, do you want to see the mother? Do you, are you ready? When we went to go to earth, he said, are you ready? And then when we were ready to go back, he said, are you ready to return? And I was like, yes. Um, so he always asked me, are you ready? Do you, can I show you something? Um, those type of things. So he needs our permission. I'm not saying that he can't do things without our permission, but I think he just wants consent from us. He doesn't want to just rule us. He wants us to go along with him. Right. That's interesting. It makes sense because in this life, we have the ability to choose pretty much mm -hmm. everything, right, wrong, not the consequences that come, but those yeah. kinds of things. So it makes sense that before this life or after this life, we would be able to do the same thing. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Super, super interesting. And um, Angela, appreciate it very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. If you've had a round trip death experience and would like to share it with us, we would love to hear from you. Send an email to me, eric at roundtripdeath.com. And lastly, if you've found this program uplifting, if it's given you just a little more hope in the future, share it with a friend, rate us five stars, and be sure to visit roundtripdeath.com. Until then, I wish you everything good that you're looking for in this life and the next.